All right, welcome to the Los Links Talk Show here on location at Mayo Clinic uh, Sports. What is it? Mayo Clinic Sports? Uh, uh, Mayo Clinic Square. Mayo Clinic Square. We're here at Mayo Clinic Square where the Timberwolves and Links practice. All the offices are here as well, and we're here in the media room. I think it's just the media room. Yeah. You know, the Links have escaped to New York. They have, uh, they're on the road uh, about to face off as we record this tomorrow. Um, in uh, New York, but uh, today I'm here uh, with another episode of the Los Links Talk Show, and today uh, the voice you've already heard is uh, is Julian Andrews, a web editorial associate with the Wolves and Links. Julian, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We're doing good. We're chilling. Julian uh, is the reason we're in this media room. He's got the he's got the beep in badge slash fingerprint. Yeah. So. Got the magic touch. Thanks for the hookup. Of we're course, here, we're yeah, in this yeah, yeah. empty room. You know, it's filled with seats, but there's just just the two of us yeah. sitting and chilling. And um, the link season is uh, it has started. The regular season has begun. Um, you know, the team is uh, you know real games are, are happening, and you know a lot, you know preseason a lot of talk about the new players and what's it all going to look like. And now we've seen it. Yeah, you know we, we've we've seen it. We've uh, enjoyed it. We've uh, you know it's nice when they actually start playing the game. Yeah, that's that's big. Less speculation and more right. like oh good. Now we have things that we can actually point to. But today we're going to talk a little bit about you know the first uh, six games of this link season and kind of the early season uh, happenings and, and going on. But also with the Little Things Talk Show this summer, we're going to get to know some um, some media members and people around the team. And today we have Julian here. So Julian, why don't, why don't we start with talking about you a little bit? What is your role with the Wolves and the Lynx? And and I don't know. Let's let's start there. What, what's your yeah, job? What, sure. Tell people about what you do. So I am the web editorial associate. Um, is my is my job title. Um, I was basically hired to write articles about both teams for the website. Since then, since I was hired, the role has changed a little bit. I do some podcasting. I like I produce and edit and co-host. Um, a podcast for the wolves called the layup line. Um, we're going to expand into the links to um, I work, started working a little bit more with digital assets. So I help work on videos, photos, um, do a lot of uploading things to the site, but my main role is still to cover regularly, both the wolves and the links. So I go to all the links practices. I watch all the games. I write recaps. I write practice reports. Um, we just try to get really as much in-depth content as we can out, on the links on linksbasketball.com um, all the time. So basically, my job is to immerse myself in the links and try to tell their story. And and you do it well. I, I gotta Thank say. You. I mean, Thank I think you. if you're listening to this right now, you probably you know follow the links very intensely. And if you've seen pretty much anything on the links official websites, it's probably come from probably Julian, me. right? Yep, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I love it because it's great to, as, especially as a media member myself, to, if I miss something, if I miss a shoot around or a, you know, a media availability or something like that, Julian's all over it. You know, yeah. he's going to come through with the, with the, with the full report and with the quotes exactly. and all that kind of stuff. So, you yep. know, you don't miss anything. Yep. Me and uh, shout out Cal Sutterquist from links radio. Cause he's always at everything to um, putting up audio on the SoundCloud pages and whatnot. But yeah, it's, it's, it's really lucky that I get to, for my job, be at all these places. Cause you know, if, if you're required to go to something for work, uh, a links basketball practice is not the worst thing. 
and I think um, actually don't know how many of how much of the media or whatever is has has local ties, but Julian is actually from Portland. I'm a foreigner. Yes, you're a foreigner. You're from you're from outside the state, but we yep. still like you a lot. It's all good. Um, but why don't, why don't you um, tell us about your growing up in Portland and you know being a basketball fan out there and sort yeah. of where did your love of the game kind of starts and how yeah. how'd you get here from Portland? <laughs> so my I grew up in Portland, Oregon, not Portland, Maine, and that will become important later. Um, <laughs> My love for the game just started with the Blazers. Um, I was a big Damon Stoudemire fan when I was a kid. I remember getting a Damon Stoudemire jersey. Um, he was one of those guys who I just thought was like probably a 10-time All-Star when I was six years old. And then <laughs> yeah, I, so I realized later that he wasn't actually quite as good of a player as I thought he was. Um, but I was a huge Damon Stoudemire fan. And then uh, Brandon Roy really kind of locked me into the Blazers and that those Blazers teams with Roy and LaMarcus Aldridge when he was really young. And I remember going to, I don't remember exactly what game it was because there were a few of these with Brandon Roy where he would just hit ridiculous closing shots. And, you know, I, I think he, I was at one where he beat the Suns. I think I was at that playoff game where he like came back and helped the team rally from like, they were down three Oh and they lost the series, but they won a game. Um, and I just remember all these moments with Brandon Roy. So I really uh, former Wolf Brandon Roy. Yes, yes. Uh, there was a lot of uh, there was a little bit of animosity there when the Blazers were paying him to play for the Wolves. But we, right. we don't have to go into that. Um, yeah. So Brandon Roy was really my kind of uh, my first first real basketball love, and then obviously Damian Lillard um, have always been a fan of his. Um, just always a Blazers fan in general. My family is from Chicago, and so they were really. Uh, paying attention in the in the michael jordan bulls years and so i think oh, yeah. that's when the uh the andrews family love of basketball <laughs> kind of started with michael jordan but for me it was definitely with the blazers um so grew up a blazers fan and always kind of enjoyed writing ended up going to school out in maine um at bowden college it's a bit north of portland maine um majored in psychology minored in dance and uh did a lot of work for the student newspaper Realized I didn't really like any of the jobs that came out of a psychology degree, even though I really loved my psychology major. Um, shout out all my professors, if any of them happen to be listening. Um, <laughs> they are. Yeah, of course they are. They're big links yeah, fans. <laughs> absolutely. In Portland, Maine, you know. <laughs> Go on. Um, but realized I kind of wasn't, that. although that education path was for me, that career path was not. Mm. Um, so kind of had to reevaluate and decided to really pursue the writing, content creation side of things. Um, started that off by leaning into the art side a little bit more. Spent some time at the Walker Art Center writing for their online uh, magazine. So I covered mostly performing arts there for some of their theater festivals and whatnot. And that was really awesome. Um, but that was super part-time. I was about like, 15 hours a week or something. So it was, so it was not a full-time job. And I really uh, wanted to have a full-time job, as people do. Um, was serving tables a lot during that time. and liked doing that, but kind of was looking everywhere and just ended up here. Um, Kyle Racky, my boss, kind of gave me an opportunity. And so I've been here since March of 2018. So this is my second season covering the Lynx. And it has really been something to marry my interest in writing and my interest in kind of just creation um, in general and digital content with uh, my love of basketball, which I never really thought would be a job. Um, but now here we are. You did it. You made it a job. Yeah. And yeah. So so you know Minnesotans out there, you know, 
you know, Julian, you know, he's not, he's not a Minnesotan, but he has worked at the Walker and, right. you know, he's been here for, you know, for a little bit. So I'm dating you know, somebody who is a third generation St. Paulite. There you so go. So I, don't I hope worry. That gives me a little don't bit of credibility. I'm not yeah. an interloper. Yeah. This, yeah. this is someone who's dedicated to, to, to Minnesota. <laughs> I love Minnesota. Yeah. Okay. But then what about getting into the WNBA? Because I know for me, like I grew up watching the NBA as well and dabbled in WNBA over the last like 10 years as, you know, primarily just watching the Lynx, you know, but, you know, sort of where did the WNBA come in for you? Was it just when you got the job, you know, with with the team and stuff? Because to me, I think there's so many different ways into the WNBA and obviously it's a challenge to try try to get other people to get in and find their entry entryway into the WNBA. But I'm really interested in that sort of like idea with people. It's like, how did you get into the WNBA? This is actually really interesting because and I haven't thought about this in a while, but I actually went to the 2017 Game 5 as a fan. Wow. So it was like just after I had moved here. Um, yeah. Williams Arena. Yep, yeah, exactly. So, so what I now realize was like one of the iconic moments in the yes. franchise, but for me it was actually the first Lynx game I'd ever been to. Wow. And the first, w- so cool. first WNBA game yeah, I'd ever wow, been to because yeah. I'd never lived in a city that had a WNBA team. Um, I think, well, the Portland had the fire. Yeah, they did. Yeah, but I can't um, remember when that folded, but, but it's been a while. But that folded yeah. when I was pretty little. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so didn't really have the WNBA exposure growing up, yeah. but I was like, okay, I just moved to this city, and <laughs> one of the teams is playing in a game five for a championship. I have, I have to go. Yeah. And so I looked, and for some reason there were tickets. I think we got them when they were playing game four. Sure. Um, and yeah. just like, well, if they come back, we'll have these tickets. And yeah. so then they lost that game. And yeah. so then, and then we were like, well, do we root for the links to lose or do we, root for <laughs> yeah, we cause see I kind of wanted to see yeah. it, but I also, if they had a chance to win, I didn't want to be the one that took that away. Yeah, from them. Really? Yeah. Um, so you didn't have the job yet. No, so I did not here. have the job. Yeah, I didn't have any, I didn't have any job stuff, yeah. yet. I was, I was here. I was yeah. a sports fan. I had just come here and I was like, we have to go see this. Yeah. Um, and so went that was just a crazy cool experience. That game itself was just one of the best sports games I've ever seen. Um, yeah. And then kind of didn't think too much about the Lynx because they were out of season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next February, I got the job and started in March um, and then kind of started and had my whole my whole experience was that one game. So I really had to play <laughs> catch up. I really yeah. I went back and I read a lot. Um, I talked to a lot of people around the office who had been here forever i just my first season didn't really ask too many questions did a lot of listening um but yeah so my interest in the wmba i'm not gonna lie and pretend i've been a wmba yeah, fan forever okay. you know yeah. like it definitely came as a function of this job but yeah. now i'm like hooked for life so it's yeah it's a happy accident and, and yeah again i just think there's so many different ways in and but i think you know like you you growing up watching the blazers and stuff like that and growing up a basketball fan to me like that is there's a group of especially maybe um you know males you know are in you know who are grow up watching the nba who don't really think about the wnba and i feel like that is such a it's it's a group of people that i think could be more totally. more into the league yep you know, absolutely. if they had more ways to get pushed into it or to go to a game like you said that's number one way you know cheryl talks about that all the time Get, get, just get to get, get someone to a game you know, just drag the, them to a game and yeah. they're gonna love it <laughs> and the exposure on social media and yeah. the stuff you see there because I remember I had you know I had a Twitter and Facebook yeah. and whatnot when I was in high school but I yeah. never saw WNBA stuff and now yeah. I think that if I were a high school today I would probably see WNBA yeah, stuff especially over the would. summer when there's no basketball yeah and you're wanting basketball yeah I mean I think I probably would have started following along a if I had a team closer to me yep. um and b I guess I had the storm but Seattle rivalry yeah. um 
but then it also if just that exposure were there and if there were games on tv even if i couldn't get to one so that's why i think the the twitter games the cbs games the abc games are so important yeah they spread it so you can actually see it absolutely you know, that, yep. that's big but yeah that's that's cool well um welcome to minnesota i know you've been here for a while but eh, i you still know, feel now, like a newbie sometimes yeah <laughs> Well, that's cool. Well, let's talk about the team and how things are going so For far sure. this year on the court. The team is uh, four and two as uh, we record this right now. Yep. And um, Lindsey Whalen's number has been retired. So, you know, you got that kind of, you know, I don't want to say out of the way, but I think it's nice they did it early rather yeah, than later I, I, just I totally to like, agree. you know, have those feelings. And then it's like, okay, now we can focus. I think Lindsey wants that more. too. Yeah, you know, she has her own sure. stuff to focus yeah. on as well. So I think yeah. it's good. To, it was great to celebrate. It was great yeah. to retire the jersey, but it is good that I think both sides can be happy with that yep, and look being forward. done. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> so let's talk about some of the things this season, you know, the good and the bad and yeah. some of the other things. We're going to start with the good, and I think that, um, you know, that has to be the, the Lynx defense. Yeah. Um, they're second in defensive rating in the league, um, and, you know, defense has always been a show Reef staple and always something that, you know, they've had great personnel as far as that goes. You know, you talk in, in yep. past years, you look at, you know, Fowles and Brunson, um, you know, as, as kind of the main two right there and then obviously my more um you know but now you know you still have that that is the holdover obviously all the change in, in you know personnel and stuff the holdover is the great defense yep right and and that's what we've seen so far you know second defensive rating and then i think rebounding is everything you look at yep. with, with cheryl and with the links and links teams over the last 10 years and de- you know re- some people don't think of rebounding as defense but it is the end of defense right it is how you right. finish exactly. a defensive exactly. possession is by grabbing a rebound so i don't know what have you seen from the Lynx defense this year and sort of how have they been successful in, in, in winning games with their defense? I mean, I think you hit on it with the rebounding. Yeah. You know, you you cannot be a good defensive team if you can't rebound because if because offensive uh, second chance opportunities are often some of the easiest looks to get and they're like super high percentage if opponents grab uh, offensive rebounds under the basket and put those back in. Yeah. So you cannot be a good defense or you cannot be a good defensive team if you can't rebound. So right. <laughs> I think that rebounding is huge. Um, I think I, I looked. I looked some stuff up there. I think fourth in the league in rebounding right now, but nice. they allow the fewest rebounds to their opponents. Nice um, of anyone in the league, which is which is That's really good. really key. Um, and I, you know, it's interesting this early in the season looking at numbers yeah. because teams have played different amounts of games. Yeah, teams. Uh, you know, there's like little stylistic things and just like how many possessions a team tends to have during a game that really can kind of throw some of these numbers off before the sample gets big enough. Yeah. But I do think that we've seen enough from the Lynx to say that they're a very good defensive team. Just in the way that they like create chaos and don't let their opponents get to their spots. That's the biggest thing I've noticed. It's it's not even that they're blocking a lot of shots or creating a lot of turnovers, although they're like pretty good at both of those. Mm-hmm. It's mostly just that they don't let the opponents do what they want to do on the court. Yeah, it seems like a combination, a little bit of all those things. You exactly. Know, can kind of make, you know, build this, you know, second best defense in the, in the league. And, and yeah, they really protect the paint well. I mean, I think yes. having, you know, both fouls and Dantas, you know, Dantas is, you know, something of a four or five, I guess. She's kind of between her, but she's pretty big, you know. Yeah, that's, definitely. I, I think amongst WNBA starting bigs, like those two are, is a pretty good pairing as oh, far yeah. as they have real height size. size goes. And, and Fowles is quick, too. Yeah. You know, so they, they don't they don't give up too much. Um, I mean, obviously, Fowles is one of the best centers to ever play. So yeah. it's kind of a cop out to say, like, well, wow, like <laughs> having that really helps you. Um, but I, 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 
I think that the way that those two work together is really good too. Um, yeah. And having, yeah, ha- as you said, having that size on the interior is awesome. But then the perimeter defense has been great too. And I think that having the pl- interplay between the interior and the perimeter defense is really important because you know, there's this common thing about saying, you know, like fouls might not get however many blocks, but at the same time, like how many shots are opponents not even attempting because she's yeah. there. Yeah, that's and then when you have that pressure kind of coming away from the basket, um, and then you also have perimeter defenders. Like I think Nafisa has Collier has been an awesome perimeter defender so far. Odyssey Sims is a terror. Um, yeah, so D Rob yeah. is I mean, so you go fast. Up and down the roster, they, right. they probably have the, they don't have the best defense right now. Obviously they're second, but like they probably have the best defensive personnel. Absolutely. And I think that they, and if you take out that Seattle game where they just kind of had a horrible game and yeah, gave up a bunch that's of the points, outlier. Yeah. then, you know, you have a team that's holding their opponents to under 40% every game. Um, yeah, which is that's the number. which is crazy, and that's kind of the number. I think Cheryl threw some crazy stat out at one of the media availabilities. They were like a hundred something Their record and three yeah. when they when they <laughs> held opponents um, yeah. under forty percent. Which yeah. you know, easier said than done in, in a very talented league. But the defense is exciting. Yeah, and it's like we said, it's it's all over the court. You know, you're going to get you know talk about like Christmas Kelly like coming yep. back, who we've you know barely seen this year, and you know hopefully you know this New York game coming up will be the begin kind of the beginning of her season. We're yep. hoping. I guess I don't really know too much. About her availability, she's back with the team, but yep. you know she's been battling the you know the injury coming off the you know the surgery last year. So we'll see whenever she gets kind of yep. ro- rolling back into form. But I think she's a, you know going to be a really solid defender. So even you know kind of the depth, the defensive depth on this yeah, team is crazy. Absolutely. And, and and yeah, like you said, the rookie you know uh, you know rookies playing pretty good defense. You usually don't get that. You know that's that that comes later on. I feel like with the rookies, so you yeah. kind of do have defense at all levels. So this feels like it's going to be the constant of the absolutely. season, right? Like, no matter what happens with injuries no matter what happens with you know the offense coming and going like the defense is going to be there and there's nobody on the team who's a weak defender like even somebody like sure. lexi brown who's primarily brought in she's to score. small yeah she's but small she gets she's she a really good defender. screens but she and, and she has the effort there and yeah it's yeah. not it's not it's not she bad. draws a lot of offensive fouls yeah. she she gets to spots well like i think that Cheryl has done a really good job of establishing a culture that if you're going to play on the links you have to defend yeah. and you have to try on defense and when you have players giving maximum effort that raises your de- your floor on defense by a lot obviously you need a good scheme um but just having them try as hard as they do and play as hard as they do goes a really long way yeah so it's been fun to watch the team play defense get stops you know like you said kind of cause chaos out there yep. and you know muck it up it is it is something that's it's fun i think about it you know talking a little bit about the wolf side of things and you know they don't talk about that you know that the, the backcourt defense they kind of don't have that i mean jeff yeah. teague and stuff is it's kind of tough yep. so you kind of get those guards getting penetration and then yeah. Carl and other people have to deal with it whereas you don't really have that here it's, no. it's, it's so interesting to see like a solid defense from the backcourt and the front court like you have both kind of areas all covered so yeah if you, we talk about you know maybe coming to your first links game or whatever like yep. come ready to watch some d yeah and, and they're really comfortable kind of mostly want to see made baskets and dunks and stuff or whatever totally you know but it's like come watch this for some d and it's <laughs> exciting if you know what to look for and the links are really comfortable playing in low scoring games like i think that 58 yeah. 56 game against the mercury <laughs> if every game could be like yeah. that the links would be happy I, they ugly. would like to have fewer turnovers yeah. they'd like to shoot better 
But if they could have every game be kind of a slugfest, I think they think that plays to their strengths. Yeah, Fowles loves those. Types oh of yeah, games. oh yeah. Okay, well let's uh, let's get to the offense here, and the yeah. things have not been quite so good um, in in this uh, side of the ball. Correct. And you know that's that's as expected. I think there's no surprises there. I think um, you know the team is you know hopefully it was going to be a, a good offensive team, but uh, you know they're seventh in offensive rating right now, which you know I think is hopefully where they can hope to hover maybe seventh through fifth in the league you yep. know, to kind of be in that I don't know if you can get much higher than that with their personnel but um, the main problem with the offense so far this season has been the turnovers yeah. I mean they're last in the league in turnover percentage and and that's just huge I mean I think they're good I think they're at like 24 or 25 percent and I think that means yeah, that like that's a quarter of their possessions are turnovers and, and even the ones that aren't turnovers they've been deflected at yeah. a crazy but uh, Cheryl said yesterday that they're done with that they're, you're right they're, done they're all done yes so. have you heard the quotes from Cheryl she said they're, they're <laughs> <laughs> they've decided, uh, you know, as you as you can do in basketball, you can just decide to do things. Right. But I do think that there are going to be some fundamental changes. I think that yeah. they are recognizing that teams are at all costs taking away these inside passes to Sill, especially yeah. these lob passes, which seem to get tipped every time. Um, and so I think that they're going to start going away from that a little bit, which is means that Sylvia is going to have to find different ways to get her shots. But if if the trade-off is is turning the ball over 10 fewer times a game, then that is more than worth it. Yeah, and you just got to wonder where those shots are going to come from. You know, they, yeah. they try so hard to play through Sill, and yeah, even to the even to the point where they yeah throw these passes that are kind of, you know, iffy. Not, yeah, iffy yeah. pass is a good way to put it. So then it's okay, it's like, okay, then what's going to happen then? They maybe get two on Sill, so someone's open. Can you... Right. And so, but it's going to be on other people to take shots. Totally. So, like, I think you're right that even miss jumpers are potentially better than the turnovers because maybe you get a chance for an offensive rebound or yeah. something like that. But also, it comes down to, I think, especially in the starting group, you kind of have people who need to be more willing to shoot. We talk about a lot with Danielle Robinson. She needs to shoot the ball more, um, I think, um, and Sims as well. She does a good job, you know, getting into the paint, getting her shots, but she needs to let it fly from outside a little bit more. And I yep. think that's going to be part of, um, and that's going to be something I think to, to watch here in the next five games or whatever is are the links going to tweak their their offense like we're saying and if so how where do those shots go where does that distribution right. go because right now daniel robinson and and um sims lead the team in usage yep. so basically like possessions that end with a shot or an assist or a turnover from them so yep. they have the ball most of the time and so it's kind of beyond to them to shoot it a little bit more i think absolutely yeah. i mean i think we're, i think we're going to see a lot more shooting from the outside from d robin sims and sims is so deadly in the pick and roll it's like you almost want yeah. her to keep doing that but at the same time like you need to also be getting penetration and looking outward instead of getting penetration and then always looking farther in and farther in and farther in. Um, and I think with Lexi Brown's increased confidence, I think I think great. I think her shooting eight threes a game like she did last game is not out of the question. They need her um, to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think I think that D Rob taking two or three a game and Sims taking maybe like four yep. would be awesome. Yep. Um, because the thing about Sims especially, D Rob is a little bit more of a theoretical shooter. I yep. think she's, she definitely hits them in practice. She has her spots. I've seen her mm -hmm. hit 10 corner threes in a row, yeah. um, but it hasn't quite translated to games. Whereas Sims, I think she's shooting like around 20% from three on the season, which is not great, but she has that shot. It, it's enough that it in. has to be respected. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she and can then, shoot him off the bounce a little bit. She's more of yep, a versatile shooter. Totally. She can shoot in different ways. Totally. Whereas D-Rob, I would be totally fine if it was just catch and shoot situations. Absolutely. Like yep. just d double sill, kick it back out to you, yep. and you launch it. Like no dribbles, just get it up. Totally. Like, and then, and then Collier, uh, I think we'll see her usage go up with the Shepard injury, which I think I'm sure we'll talk about at some yep. point. Um, but, you know, 
it's it's really tough uh, to find shots in the WNBA, and especially if you have players who can't always create their own shots. Mm. And one of the problems with having a center as your best player is that you need to get them the ball. They don't bring it up. And exactly, <laughs> and so and still, as good as she is, can't create her own looks from outside the three point line. Um, and and her guards are doing their best to get her the ball, but when the opponents make it their whole mission to stop Syl from getting the ball, you're totally right. It has to be other people. Yeah, so I wonder who it's going to be. I mean, again, I think we talked a little bit in the defensive portion. I think Kareem Christmas Kelly is potentially this team's second-best player or third-best player or something like that, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. Again, it's going to be slow to kind of get her in here, but I think she can hit some of those shots as well. I think threes from her, she's she's uh, one of she's one. one for one. Oh, yeah, she shoots 100. She's, <laughs> she's never missed us. a three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's golden from out there. So perfect. I think that is also a player to look at. It's kind of hard to kind of think about right now because, again, she hasn't played. So she's yeah. not really in our minds. And, she, yep. you know, Lynx fans not really thinking about her in that way. But I think you can be prepared to see more of her. I know she missed the last two games for personal reasons, not because of that injury. Sure. Um, so I think that she's I think she's feeling better. And I think we'll definitely see a little more of her. So, so yeah, the turnovers are bad. We're looking to see, you know, how things are going to change with the offense. But, you know, we t- you, you touched a little bit on, uh, on uh, Lexi Brown. Yeah. So let's talk about her start to the season to me she's been someone who's been surprising um yeah. n- not necessarily with um you know her skill set because we knew that she was came here to shoot and and everything but i'm kind of surprised by the amount of minutes she's playing yeah and sort of her role being more than an off-ball shooter yeah um reeve has used her a lot just as the on-ball one you know and having to say hey you're the point guard and then I, and having sims kind of play off which yeah. i think is interesting because i figured that if Sims was on the court without Robinson, then she would be the point guard. But they've been kind of playing with that a little bit. So I've been surprised to sort of see the different types of things you're doing with Lexi. What have you seen from her game here early on? I mean, the Lakes scouted Lexi a lot um, before the 20, was it the 20, uh, 2017 draft yep. when, when she was taken. Um, or 18, yeah, it was 18. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 2018. Oh my gosh, 19 yeah, 2019. Yep. So before the 2018 draft, uh, they scouted her a lot. She was a point guard at Duke. Mm. Um, so they scouted her as a point guard and they expected her to play point guard um, coming into the season. Obviously when you have D Rob and Sims, like as your point guards, you're going to need to learn to play off the ball. But I think that honestly, like playing off the ball initially in the WNBA was a little bit more of an adjustment for Lexi than playing on the ball. Um, So having her go back and being able to switch off with her and Sims, I think it's such an incredible luxury. Um, Yeah. I think I've been most surprised by her ability to get her own shot. I did expect her to be more of like a catch and shoot kind of standing in the corners, like waiting for kickouts. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that she's been able to even like take some shots off the bounce and like work in the mid range and yeah, that's just pick been a roll game, a little step back game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting when you see a player like her who didn't play at all in Connecticut, it's yeah. like, what happened there? Yeah. You know, that's so crazy. I get that Connecticut has a lot of good players, yeah, but if but you think they would see if her Lexi was this yeah, good, yeah, then you would think that she would find a way to get minutes. Um, and I guess that's just a feature of the WNBA that yeah. it's, it's a, it's just a crazy talented league, but yeah, it's speaks uh, to just the overall depth. And, you know, you hear all the time, from right. All the players who don't even make teams and it's like, right. yeah, that's probably situated. Like Lexi was just lucky, I guess, sort of in some ways where it's yeah. like she had the second chance. Whereas there's probably players who are as talented or more talented than her totally. who are out who are in Europe and they don't get to play here. And know? she also has, a pretty perfect skill set for what the Lynx need right now. Yeah. And like this was a Lynx team that desperately needed shooting and didn't want to give up anything on defense and she fits that role perfectly. Like the fact that she can come in off the bench and get you 20 points is just like not something that I thought the Lynx would have this year. 
Yeah, that is that is crazy, and she's yeah, she's letting them fly, and and they're going in. She's at fifty percent right now, you know, going in the think to this Liberty game. So yep. you know that that is a crazy number, and you know, obviously it'll taper off a little bit again as the sample gets a little bit bigger. But I don't think there's any reason why she can't be amongst the lead leaders in three point Not percentage, and almost more importantly, to what you spoke to earlier, the attempts. Yeah. This team needs attempts. They're 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 creeping down the, the standings once again this year in three point attempts league wide. So they need to they need to get that number up closer to twenty than it's. I think it's at like seventeen right yeah. now per game attempt. So I'm I'm worried that that's going to slip down to fifteen, sixteen, yep. and they need to get that back up to twenty. So you need you need Lexi to shoot. And she's game. and she's now you know written in pen in opponent scouting reports like good shooter. Yeah, and yeah, like really. that's that's important because you cannot leave her open because she will hit them if she's open. Just her form is way too good like yeah. she, they're, they're not gonna you know she's gonna keep shooting 50 percent if opponents keep giving her space um yeah. and so at some point they're gonna probably start giving her way less space which will make her which percentage be good for go the down, overall offense. it'll be yeah. great for the overall offense yes exactly. yes it, man man her shot though that, that, i don't i don't know there's a there's a uh, like a tighter rotation no, on it's the a ball textbook shot in in the league i mean maybe like january shot. i'm trying to think of a couple other players i can think of uh you know plum has a great like just tight roll on, on that man if you if you perfect watch her shoot spin, like snap of the wrist yeah. it's perfect yeah. it's really great the way the net goes like when <laughs> she hits it it's amazing she's, she's pure with it um exactly. anything else offensively you can think of like what the team's been doing this year maybe good or bad uh number two in the league in points in the paint oh yeah um 36.3 points in the paint this year and i think that's really encouraging um even, even though with, yeah Syl, even with you know people right. you know two everyone, sending two to sill exactly, crowd the paint she exactly. still gets it done to some yep. degree and and the guards are doing a really good job of penetrating too so i think getting into the paint uh while the entry passes have definitely left a lot to be desired the links are still finding ways to get high percentage looks so i think i think if they can clean those entry passes up without sacrificing their attempts which is a little impossible um just because like i think their attempts in the paint will go down a little bit as they're starting to prioritize just shooting a shot instead of throwing a turnover um but i think that uh they there's no reason they can't be a top four uh team in the paint for the rest of the season so that's really encouraging and then uh collier's ability uh to score is has blown me away yeah totally she, she's been incredible and yeah just so early on too let's let's just jump right to, to me she is the story of the early season totally. right? like she yep. has to be it i kind of want to talk you know just a little bit about defense and offense before we get to her but in a way we kind of buried the lead by you know you know getting it you know minute 30 here or whatever and finally right. finally <laughs> getting into her but um sorry rook that's how it goes yeah you gotta wait for your opportunity but yes has been just oh man just i don't even know where to start because it's both ends of the court it's yep. her sort of um demeanor and sort of she seems very unfazed by all this stuff and and um and and, and all that so why, why don't you pick where you want to start with, with nafisa oh, and, i don't and, even know where to yeah, start exactly. i'm such a fan yeah, um, yeah i don't know i mean gotta be presumptive rookie of the year right now, right now she keeps, yeah, she six keeps games it up in. Um, but I really think it just starts with Cheryl's trust in her mm-hmm. and you don't see young players getting this much to do and being trusted with such an important role unless they're really smart and really hard workers and I think Collier has a very impressive physicality like her reach is crazy she's got big hands she's a good shooter she, but I think her intelligence is the thing that really sticks out to me the most um, just to be able to come in and learn a completely new position and then now switch back and like to be given that to be given that role by the head coach is remarkable. Um, I think I, I just I just pulled a few numbers before we came in. So 
She's number one in scoring among rookies, number two in rebounds, number four in assists, number two in steals, number two in blocks, and she's the best efficiency. Wow. So so this is somebody who can really do it all. And yeah. I don't know. Like there's just on something a team that's about, winning too. On a it's team not, that's winning. It's not one of these situations where it's you know the worst team in the league has has the has the number right. one draft pick and they get all they can eat and they're getting 35 minutes right. and they get all the shots and stuff like this is a different thing. Now she did get into the starting lineup sort of unexpectedly. Yep. You know before the you know I figured you know Kareem would be ready to go and yep. then nope she wasn't. You know the knee was bothering her and then the personal issues. So she has had probably a little bit inflated minutes a little bit in that way, but still to be having those numbers, you know, on a competitive team that's four yeah. and two and, you know, she's sort of like in there for half the game. That's, that's And just big. the amount of ways she can help you. And the, the, um, the most important thing about Nafisa is that she's able to do what she does without the links having to specifically scheme for her. Yeah. So like she will get her points, her, she yeah. will get her rebounds, she will get these steals, assists, blocks, whatever. She just makes the right play. And it sounds super cliche, like it really sounds like coach speak. Mm. But if you watch her, she's just in the right spot. And you just don't see that from rookies adjusting to the pace of the WNBA game and the strength and skill of the opposition. It's like the immense talent jump between college and WNBA hasn't faced her at all. Yeah, and She's doing the same thing she was at UConn. And that coach speak stuff, like that comes into play maybe in like the last, you know, right before the season starts, like after a player is drafted and then right. you know, in training camp yeah. and stuff. Like before <laughs> you've actually seen them, sure, like these are the things you say that this is what you hope that they can be and like this is maybe what they saw in college. But now we have actual games. Right. Now we have actual like data and like I, like you said, it'll be a small sample size, like a sample size to be like, now we've seen them play against WNBA competition and she's excelled. And yeah, you mean you talk about the offensive end and, and and also, you know, like you, you mentioned those long arms, and that yeah. has been huge for her defensively. She's getting so many blocks and all these, you know, big big moment blocks, too. It's yeah, not just, absolutely. you know, garbage oh, time yeah. stuff or whatever. And, and it's impressive, too, because you think of her as a 3-4, maybe some, some blocks around the rim. No, she's blocking jump shooters, right. uh, closing yeah. out to them and cleanly right. blocking them, mostly totally. surprising them because of her crazy long arms. And yeah. and I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think it's she's, she got into a very good situation. You know, that I think yep. that is is. Clear with Cheryl but then also being able to start and be able to yep. give some a little bit more um, of a larger role to start um, but now things are, are going to change for her a little bit and I definitely think you just mentioned that about you know Shepard um, going down with the with the ACL injury yeah. and so the links are down a depth piece there and with Karima um, coming back shortly uh, I guess we don't know yet if she's going to start in uh, in New York but um, that seems to probably be the case and then Nafisa will then be your new backup four coming off the exactly. bench. So the yep. role changes for her, but like you said, it's a little bit of, of, of something she knows because it's the position she played at UConn. Yep, I think that the biggest adjustment for Nafisa is just going to be, like, in the first couple games, like, her main issue was that she had to have the quickness to stay with threes, and she showed that she definitely has that, but now she has to have the strength to stay with power forwards. And so I think there's going to be the thing about learning the offense again from the four position, but she didn't seem too worried about that. I talked to her about it after practice a little bit. She doesn't seem too concerned about that. Cause she's like, you know, me and Demiris get the same types of shots anyway. Um, which I, I think is pretty true. I'd have to kind of go back and watch the film on that. But I think that some of the, the offensive roles are going to be slightly different, but not too much. But then on defense, she's really going to have to just like get in the weight room and, 
get strong and get ready. And that's it. And um, because, you know, we talked about the links, it starts with the defense. So with, when we talk about this, uh, you know, her changing from the three to the four, it starts with the defense. Yep. Like that, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that this is, per, you know, how it is behind closed doors too of like the offense, it's going to come. Don't worry about it. Yep. Defense though, let's talk about it. Here's what we need to do. Totally. You know? And I think that she's earned the benefit of the doubt just because we saw her, you know, she was a great defensive four in college. And then coming in, uh, she managed to be a really good defensive three. So we don't, have anything to suggest that this is not going to be possible for her but i think there will be a learning curve um and i just think it's cool for her first year too just to yeah. have these different opportunities and to really you know she's you know coming in again sort of what you talk about after she's drafted before the first game you know jack, jack of all trades like totally. sort of all around good you know like yeah. no weaknesses and so it's like kind of cool that we're actually going to get to sort of see that tested here totally. right like first yeah. season first 10 games totally you're going to be throwing it out there in all these different sorts of scenarios and it's a really good way for the team to get a idea of what they have here specifically yep. not that they're unhappy with it but just like let's get specific looks at all the different things you can and cannot do absolutely and, and it really yeah as you said it gives a really good opportunity for the franchise to kind of figure out what they have in her going forward um i don't ever want to say there's like a silver lining to an injury because obviously that injury is awful mm-hmm. um but you know yeah, and if he's at the four, it could be a good thing. Shooting, like yeah. really good shooting at four positions off the bench is not a bad deal. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about the the injury, touch on a little bit more. Um, you know, uh, uh, Jess Shepard's having a great start to her season, goes down on yep. Saturday um, or Sunday. What day was that? I'm trying to think. Uh, Saturday. <laughs> it was Saturday, yeah, um, against the Sparks in kind of the closing minutes, um, tears the ACL, just coming down off a rebound or a shot. And, I'm really sad to see just kind of, you know, the first kind of like big injury in the league this year and and just tough for tough for a young player, a player who's playing well and someone that the Lynx were kind of counting on um, a little bit off the bench here. You know, they're going to, um, you know, there's again, they're, they're a deep team, so they'll probably be OK. Um, but it's just it's just tough to see for 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 Jess. Right? She did a lot for yeah. that team and she quickly became really beloved in the locker room and I, I mean she is still beloved yeah um, and i think that that's going to be one of the things that's going to really help her through this injury but she emerged very quickly as kind of a leader for this team even though she was a rookie um she picked up the playbook really really quickly uh she did a really good job coming in and doing playing her role she was always kind of pointing to other young players where where they needed to go and making sure that everyone knew what they were doing on the court um and on top of that she was just a tenacious rebounder and uh, growing offensive game. Um, so yeah, really a huge bummer to see her go down and it really sucked seeing her like on crutches at practice the other day. And it's just really hard to see. I will say the links are completely like have total belief in her ability to come back. Um, not this season, yeah. but you yeah. know, they'll, they're going to be with her every step in the rehab process. She's going to do her rehab here. Um, She's going to have a lot of support. She's going to be around the team. They're going to use it as, as an opportunity to work on her shot. Like Jess Shepard is still very much a part of this team. Um, yeah, that's that's but all the a, same stuff yeah. you heard. You know, I made a podcast about you know about Daniel Robinson and you know her injury and totally. you know, yep. May, being here in Mayo is you know having being able to go to Rochester to do your surgery and have your rehab be right here and stay in town like. Yep. That is one of the many huge benefits of this Lynx and Wolves organization, totally. you know, and then this story, the, the things they have to offer, you know, so yeah, long term, it's going to be, it's going to be all good for Jess. She'll, she'll bounce back. But, you know, you, you look at, you know, this year and, and it just was so 
cool to see. We just yep. talked about Nafisa. The two of them together were just like Such a wise duo. beyond their years. Yeah, Rooks, absolutely. Right? Kind of crazy. I mean, the Lynx just crushed this draft mm. um, in retrospect. Because if you think about, they effectively got Lexi Brown, uh, Nafisa, and Jess Shepard sure, yeah. all in the draft. Um, yes. Obviously, they moved that 18 pick for, for Lexi, but yeah. what a draft. Um, yeah. And so it sucks to kind of have one of those really promising young players take a hit like this, but yeah, that's yeah. And that's something that they're, you know, you have to remember that for next season, you got Jess Shepard coming back and, you know, but yeah, the, it's, it's, it was definitely a good draft. And, but the, you know, you just don't always see that from r- rookies. I mean, nope. with the links though, we don't have much to look at, but I definitely didn't see that from Alexis Jones over the last few years. She, to me, felt like a rookie, felt like a young yeah. player, you know, uh, you know, not that she could never make it or she won't, but I, I kind of, maybe it was just like her demeanor of being a little bit more quiet and more of a meek personality, but something is different about about Collier and about Shepard, they both just seem, don't seem like rookies, and that's no. just not something that you see very often, even in the WNBA, where the players play longer in college, right? They have more time to grow as people and become more emotionally yes. uh, developed and stuff like that, too. It's not like you see in the NBA of 19-year-olds and 18 yeah. and 20-year-olds and stuff, so they're generally a little bit older, and I think that helps, but you don't always get this sort of like, I've got it all together, and I'm, and yeah. I'm very emotionally and physically prepared for this. I mean, playing at Notre Dame and playing at UConn does matter. Yeah. Like, making these Final Four and championship runs year after year after year and, you know, having to play multiple roles for your team over the course of a four-year college career, that really does matter. And I think having a coach like Gino in Nafisa's case, is it matters. Like, these are... The, the experience that Nafisa had in college is different from the experience that a lot of other players have in college. And that's why UConn is kind of the gold standard and Notre Dame, um, but kind of the gold standards of women's college basketball. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're, to- you're completely right. They, they knew coming in that they would have to contribute. And I think when you know coming in that you are going to be expected to play a role for a team and that A, you're going to be given the opportunity, but that B, you have to do that. Um, in order for the team to be successful, I think that is, in many ways, sets sets you up for success. Yeah, it goes a long way. Just a little extra pressure for absolutely. You. <laughs> yeah, the pressure is key. We'll lose if you don't do this. Exactly, <laughs> and and for not many rookies get to feel that. Yeah. Um, and not only will we lose if you don't do this, but this team could be really good if you're good. You know, yeah. it's not like when yeah, you get yeah. drafted to a bad team, which is like we're probably going to lose a lot of games no matter what you do. It's mm-hmm. like oh, if, but if if you play well, like we really could do something special. Yeah, it's it's been it's been cool to see um, both rookies. Um, but um, let's wrap this up by talking about um, just what we are kind of expecting next, like in the next little bit here, next couple weeks of of this. Yeah. You know, the team now is down to ten players, uh, which you talk about silver linings. You know, they have two players coming back to yes. them um, from overseas. We won't see that until probably mid July or you know second third week of July ish. So we won't have that to really look forward to for a while. But you know, the team down to ten players here and. Um, and and yeah, they're going to kind of have to deal with being a little bit shorthanded. Not that ten players always will play. You know, it's usually more of an eight or nine man rotation yep. with with Reeve. But um, how do you see things going? And 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 what are we looking for here in the next maybe five games? I mean, the main thing I'm looking for is him to clean up those turnovers. Yes, kind of, kind of how yes. we talked about earlier. Earlier, I think that's the big uh, yeah. that's the big key to unlocking this team. I am curious how they're going to kind of handle the loss of Shepard, just in terms of how the rotations will shake out. Um, Reeve mentioned that we'll probably meet, see more of Stephanie Talbot. Uh, she also mentioned that we might see more of Xiaoting, who apparently had a phenomenal practice yesterday. So nice. I'm just kind of curious to see 
like quite literally what the links will look like. Um, I think they'll be okay. I, I don't think that it is a dramatic, uh, will have too dramatic of an impact on their ability to win games, even though yeah. Jess was playing a huge role. But I just she don't... Was a, at the end of the day, she was a bench player. I just don't was, know yeah. what, they, what they'll do with those 20 minutes. You know? yeah. And so that'll be really interesting. Um, so the turnovers that... Uh, I'm. I'd like more of a sample size on the defense, but uh, I don't. Yeah. I. I don't know. It's it's an interesting schedule coming up because we yeah, get to see we the, so we got who the we sun. Got? Well, we have the links uh, at the Liberty. Yep. Tomorrow yes. and then Friday here against the sun, and then here against the Aces, and then here against New York. So we got a good little homestand um, yeah. coming up. So Liberty Sun, Aces, Liberty, Fever, Wings. So that's kind of like the next six. So that's yeah. And that's not too bad. Not too bad. Obviously, Connecticut is probably the best team in the league right now. The Aces, um, very talented as well. Those, those those are tough ones. Indiana, one of the surprises this season. They yeah. have like the second best offense in the league or something. Well, they're raining they're threes. Crazy. Yeah, they hit a lot of threes. Yeah, um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, in the in the WNBA, there's really no pushovers. Even like no. the Liberty and and the Fever. You know, some of the bottom teams they'll still they'll still beat you. They don't mind. They'll I mean, still yeah. do it. You yeah. still got you got to deal with you Tina Charles. Deal with it. Yeah. You know, like yeah. when you play the Liberty, even if you're not like even if they haven't won very many games well and that's in new york in and new then york, the fever yeah. games in indiana the wings game in uh in dallas so you know no no games off uh in the WNBA in general but especially when you're playing on the road so you know i don't know the record the record this season while it is important for you know kind of you know the stand the playoff um you know race and stuff like that to me the record isn't really something i'm too worried about looking at uh, this yeah. season you know i don't know it's just kind of more about like we're saying with the how the, how the offense works how's the defense work like how are these future players right. for the team? How do they look with what the team projects to be like? Those are the sorts of things I'm sort of more interested in, and that leads me to Krima Christmas Kelly, yes. who I think this next chunk of games here, I'm really hoping to see her get back and get back into starting minutes totally. shape and to be able to play and to be able to affect the team on both sides. She's good. Yes. People forget about don't, her. Don't sleep on She's Karima. a yeah. great defender. There's yeah. a great highlight of her blocking Sylvia Fowles. <laughs> if you Google like Karima Christmas Kelly blocks Sylvia Fowles, yes. that's pretty good. I'll put it in the show notes. We'll yeah, link to I it in the show if, notes. Uh, yeah. I wonder if Sil has forgiven we'll her for that it. one. But no, I, I, agree, I agree about record, but obviously it's a lot more fun to make corrections when you're doing it after wins than after <laughs> yeah, losses. Yeah, really. Um, but you know, sometimes a loss can really hammer More a point home and although mm-hmm. you never want to see the lakes lose uh you know yeah sometimes sometimes you can get a lot from a loss yeah totally so we'll be looking forward to all that there's lots of lots of games coming up uh get out to target center um if you have some time we got the aces um coming into town on uh or we got two games uh happening uh uh this weekend as we record this uh, both friday and sunday um so come on out and see some you know two, again two of the best teams in the league in connecticut yeah. and, and vegas coming into town so great great Ooh, chance to I'm see so some good opponents yeah that's gonna be so much fun yeah, coming out here so get on down to target center if you can and um yeah they'll do it for los links talk show julian where can people follow you um uh, on the internet uh you can find me on twitter at Julian underscore Andrews underscore two underscores. Which I'm links underscore dynasty, so you got me beat. You got I, two underscores. The thing about there. the two <laughs> underscores is I get a lot of crap for it, but there's already a Julian underscore Andrews. So it was either that or Julian underscore underscore Andrews, and I thought that was worse. I think that is worse. Yeah, the um, double underscore people misinterpret it. They think, oh, that's just one, and I can't tell, yeah, and it really, it looks different really in different tough, browsers and stuff. Primarily, you can uh, read me on linksbasketball.com or links.wmba.com. They are the same website. Ooh. Um, yeah, so that's that's it. But I I tweet out most of my articles. So yeah, 
Follow me on Twitter. Yeah, follow Julian. I'm sure you're always already reading all his work, but maybe there's something out there you haven't seen. So yeah, follow him there, and uh, yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be uh, giving you links, stuff, and content all summer long. So <laughs> be following us um, for those types of things. Uh, Julian, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs>